Welcome to the VITV podcast. My name is Becco, and I have a special guest today, Jason. Jason Crum, thanks for joining the podcast once again. Yeah, thank you, Becco. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Jason is, uh, if you guys haven't listened to the previous episode, Jason is a CFO of HOFV, uh, Hall of Fame Entertainment, Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Um, so yep. you guys should definitely check that out before you listen to this one because we talked um, in detail about his personal story of how he became the CEO of this of this company and uh, sort of the, all of the kind of um, the journeys that he went through in terms of his personal journey, but also from the company standpoint, what he went through last year with COVID and the SPAC and everything else, everything else in between. So definitely check that out before mm-hmm. listening to this one. Um, but really great to have you again, Jason. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. Yeah. Thank you very much. And again, uh, you know, great to be, uh, be back on and be able to tell more of the story about the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Yeah. Yeah. People are excited to, to be listening to the podcast. Um, just great. from what I see on the messaging board. So really excited to have you on again. So I thought, right, good. Yeah. So I thought, you know, in this, in this episode, um, I thought we'd go more in detail. Uh, into the company's financials and sort of dig into uh, company strategy and the future. So um, right off the bat, um, could you just quickly rehash for us what the company does? Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Again, you know, Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Um, We're a resort and entertainment company that really leverages and is built around the power uh, and the popularity of of professional football. in terms of the specifics, I'm sure we'll get more into this throughout our conversation today. We really operate across three verticals, uh, the first being destination-based assets, second being media, and the third being gaming. Um, and as you, know, you mentioned, Becco, um, relatively new is a publicly traded company. So uh, we, we completed a, a merger with Gordon Point Acquisition Corp. in July of 2020 to become uh, publicly traded on the NASDAQ uh, under ticker symbol HOFV. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting setup because obviously football, if you guys are listening um, internationally, American football, obviously the biggest sport in this country. And um, it's really interesting to see how your company has positioned yourself, um, obviously, uh, sort of on the, uh, you know, obviously like the the Hall of Fame Museum, everything else in between. Mm -hmm. I think that that's um, that speaks for kind of the power of the brand, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit. But um, yeah. Yeah, so great. So um, the next question I have for you is in terms of the strategy. So where do you go from here? Um, you know, when I read your 10K, it outlines sort of the three-phase strategy and three yep. different sort of verticals, right? You have the uh, destination-based assets, you have the media company, and then you have the gaming, and then you have the three different stages, phase one completed, and then phase two started last year. And let me just right. quickly look at my notes. Um, phase mm-hmm. two started in 2000, uh, 2020, uh, right. $300 million in capital spending. Expect to yep. be completed and operational by 2023. So, uh, so give us a little bit more detail on your strategy overall, this three-phase three phase strategy that you outlined in your 10K. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so in terms of the, thir- the first phase, like you mentioned, that's completed... Um, you know, we have assets in the ground, including uh, you know, the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, um, our youth fields and sports complex in Canton, Ohio, uh, as well as standing up you know, our, our media vertical. Uh, then when you talk about phase two, as you mentioned, we're in process uh, with completing that. 
we already have our first asset completed as part of phase two. Um, it's already generating revenue in our double tree hotel that we built in uh, downtown Canton, Ohio. Uh, in terms of how that progresses, you know, we'll, we'll continue to build out those assets, uh, looking to have those completed, as you mentioned, by uh, 2023. Uh, and then phase three, very much in the planning process, but um, you know, given you know, the access to land that we have in Canton, Ohio, um, some of you know what I what I would call our competitive advantage across the three different verticals that I'm sure we'll talk a bit about. Um, you know that really positions us well to uh, continue our our phases of growth here into the future. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, back with the three verticals, um, you know, I love talking about those because that's that's really what I call a big unlock for us as an organization because they really work together. They work in tandem. You know, we equate it to the three legs of a stool. Um, you know. First being the destination-based assets that we have. We're building assets around the Pro Football Hall of Fame, in addition to those existing assets that I mentioned, the stadium, uh, youth fields, and sports complex. You know, some of the new assets we're building at the Hall of Fame Village, powered by Johnson Controls here in Canton, are you know, intended to be you know, building for offices, meetings, and speaking engagements. Yeah, that's going to be called the Constellation Center for Excellence. That's We've broken ground on that in September of 2020. So that continues to progress for us. Uh, we'll have a retail promenade. We'll also make improvements to the sports complex and the stadium. Uh, we'll build a, an indoor water park, uh, a center for performance, which you could think about as like a convention center or a field house. Uh, we'll have green space on campus, which we're going to call Play Action Plaza, and two hotels. I mentioned you know one of those is up and operational a few minutes from you know, our, our Hall of Fame Village powered by Johnson Controls campus right in downtown Canton, Ohio, uh, that's branded as Doubletree by Hilton. Um, and we'll add another um, hotel right on campus throughout phase two. So that's the first in terms of destination-based assets. Um, you know, our, our media vertical being the second, you know, we, we've done a lot of work here, signed a lot of agreements you know, in this space since we've gone public. Uh, that includes with organizations like Sports Illustrated Studios and 101 Studios, to produce a documentary around the NFL Alumni Academy. Uh, we've signed something with Elite Holdings, through which you know, we'll be working on media with them around the 10 individuals that have both won the Heisman Trophy and then been enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So really excited to be able to tell that story. And also uh, with an organization called Tupelo Honey, uh, where we'll work with them to produce uh, a show called Inspired, which will you know, tell the stories of those around the sport of football that are really using their platform to make a positive difference you know, within their communities. Uh, and this vertical is also you know, where we'll put NFTs or non-fungible tokens, uh, which I know we, uh, I'm sure you know, we'll chat more about, but you know, we've made some, some recent announcements there and you know, we're excited to uh, get into the NFT space and um, you know, really work with, with some good partners there to uh, produce some really, really cool content. And you want to mention anything about the, the third? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then our, our third piece just being around gaming and the gaming vertical. So I, I'd sort of split it into um, two different areas. First of which being, you know, our Hall of Fantasy League. So uh, looking back even to March 30th, we, we made the announcement around our 10 team names, uh, their logos. Uh, we opened up the staking and the merchandise store for the Hall of Fantasy League. Uh, and everybody can find more information on that at thehofl.com. Um, and we're really happy with the initial response uh, that we had. 
we had to actually increase the stake limits a few times on, on three of our teams uh, since they went right up to the limit there on that first day. Uh, so really, you know, happy about that. And then some of the next steps we have, uh, you know, we, we need to then announce our front office structures for each of the teams and then hold our initial draft this summer uh, before the league goes live, which will correspond with the kickoff of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, and then the other piece of the gaming vertical is around sports betting. So uh, that's not yet legalized in Ohio, but it's obviously something we're, we're keeping our eye on. Uh, and we'll have hopefully have more to communicate on on that front um, as you know the, um, the the sports betting here in Ohio continues to develop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, as I think about you know the the three legs of the stool, Becco again, I, I really like all the synergies that we could potentially have, and that's a big unlock for us as an organization. I mean, as a quick example, you think of something like the Hall of Fantasy League. Uh, you, you could do live events at our stadium, taking advantage of the assets. You can do a lot of, you know, media content around that. Um, and that's two of the three, you know, verticals. And as, you know, a business, the Hall of Fantasy League sits in the third as gaming. So, you know, as we think about going into, you know, new and different things, um, it's always through the vein of, well, what's the synergy um, and how can, you know, this particular business help out our other two parts of the overall uh, Hall of Fame Resort Entertainment Company? That makes a lot of sense. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So like the the three different verticals, destination-based assets, media company, and the gaming company, it really sort of works in tandem with each other. Uh, like you said, if I am super into football, I go there to see all the destination-based assets, all the stadiums and, and the actual games and whatnot. And then I can consume, after the fact, uh, all the kind of exclusive content and programs and programmings that you generate under the media umbrella. And then if I want to actually engage... Uh, more directly by playing fantasy or, or betting, you can do that as well. So it really sort of just increases the mm-hmm. lifetime value of a, of a particular customer. Um, it sounds yeah. like. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. Um, and then the three phase approach that you outlined. Just to recap, really quick on that point, uh, Jason. So mm-hmm. the first, obviously, finished, um, invested two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, Hall of Fame Stadium, the media group, uh, the youth football sports complex all sort of built out. Phase two started mm-hmm. last year. And then phase uh, phase two really around building out new hospitality attractions, uh, corporate right. assets. Uh, you mentioned a few, few of those, like center of performance. And then in phase yeah. three, the immersive VR, AR attraction. So thinking about the future, what that would look like. Uh, with AR VR and hotel with uh, residence or sorry, uh, housing, housing uh, assets. Right. So yep. that makes a lot of sense. Um, great. I think this is actually a nice segue into one of the questions that we ask always in this podcast, which is competitive advantage, right? The moat, the classic moat question. Yeah. And so we sort of talked about some of that um, in mm-hmm. the previous question, but I'll, I'll just pose this question to you. What do you think is the biggest competitive advantage that uh, your company possesses versus others? Yeah, I mean, Becco, I'd say, you know, um, our brand, our partnerships, you know, those are really at the core of what we see, you know, our our competitive advantage being, Um, you know, the content we're able to produce, you know, the brand partnerships we have access to um, are really something that gets us excited uh, in terms of, you know, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis and the company that we're building um, and I think it all really kind of comes together through the synergy that we talked about uh, through each of those three verticals. Um, so I'd say that was 
that's probably the biggest you know, competitive advantage that we have uh, where we're able to, and we'll, we'll look to you know, do this within the NFT space too, utilize the content and the brand partnerships um, to really look to bring those things to life in a way that, uh, you know, no other company can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like the, the, the overarching sort of the, um, the theme, right, is just football and, you know, on a, on a tactical level, you guys have long-term, very long-term partnership with the Hall of Fame Museum and sort of the brand around that. So um, it makes it makes a lot of sense uh, from that standpoint. Um, anything else you want to mention about competitive advantage? You know, we usually just go through a list. So you talk about yeah. brand, network effects, switching, cost, low cost, intangible assets. But really, I think you're honing in on the brand and some of the intangible assets around 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 the brand, really. Yep, exactly. I mean, that that's kind of how we're we're building the organization, building our verticals is around, you know, the like I said, the power of professional football, uh, leveraging that, the popularity of it, and then around that, you know, direct access that we have to exclusive content and those strong brand partnerships. Um, again, across you know the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, we've signed the partnerships with the NFL alumni. Uh, association is they're doing their NFL Alumni Academy right in Canton, Ohio, which again, you see across different assets um, that'll, that specific academy takes place at our stadium. Um, you know, the, the, the folks participating can stay in our hotel. We're producing media um, off of that. Um, so it's really, again, a very synergistic story uh, when we think about, you know, new business and it's all sort of powered um, by that brand and, uh, and brand uh, structure that we're putting together as a company. That makes a lot of sense. Great. Um, let's now move on to the income statement, um, sort of dig into um, kind of the details here. So sure. Yeah. Um, when I looked at, uh, when I look at your, your 10 K, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of companies uh, have suffered tremendously from COVID on a top line standpoint, mm-hmm. but from, from your standpoint, uh, bulk of the revenue right now, at least right now, comes from the sponsorship. So not a lot of hit there on the top line. Obviously, like right. rent and events and hotel took a little bit of hit, but right. in terms of the percentage, not not that not that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to point that out. And then, yeah. um, you know, sort of thinking about the future, right? Because you guys are startups, and really the the the, the power here is the growth and the future of of this. Uh, you know, that's the essence of a startup. So. Kind of walk us through, um, you know, as phase through as, as phase two is sort of ramping up, and you mentioned that already some of the revenue is coming online with the hotel and things yeah. like that. So walk us through um, when you expect phase two really to really start to kick in, and if you yeah. want to add any more comments about COVID and the impact around that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as you think about our, our revenue and our top line. Uh, we're expecting revenue to grow in, in 2021 uh, versus 2020. And there's you know, a few catalysts for that. Uh, first, you, you'd mentioned, Becca, we, we opened our, our Doubletree Hotel in Q4 of 2020. So looking forward to having that you know, online throughout the, the full year of 2021, which will you know, bring some, some growth to that. Um, also, we'd expect to you know, begin getting some revenue from the Constellation Center for Excellence towards the end of this year as that asset gets completed on the actual Hall of Fame Village powered by Johnson Controls campus. Um, also expecting incremental events at, at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, uh, the sports complex, as well as the Doubletree. And again, we're gonna have to work very, very closely with 
uh, you know, local state regulations. Uh, so that's going to depend on the continued progress with uh, COVID vaccinations. But, um, you know, we're, we're targeting a lot closer to, you know, our capacity uh, to be able to fill the stadium, et cetera, towards the end of this year. Uh, you know, we expect to see media revenue coming in uh, later this year. You know, in terms of NFTs, one of the you know, big things about the NFTs is um, it, it doesn't take you know a long time to get something uh, on onto the marketplace. So uh, that's something we're we're obviously looking at. And then the other media pieces that we've been working on, we expect to begin you know monetizing um, you know, later this year. And then you mentioned the Hall of Fantasy League. You know, we talked about that a bit before. So we're expecting to you know, generate some revenue from the HOFL. Uh, later this year, again, as the first season kicks off, uh, correspondingly with the NFL season kicking off uh, for 2021. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue then on on the phase two assets to bring them online throughout 2022 and you know into early 23. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to reiterate for everybody, you know, our long-term projections have not moved. You know, we continue to target 150 million of annual run rate revenue, 50, 50 million of run rate adjusted EBITDA. Um, you know, COVID, you mentioned that. We talked about it, a bit about that last time too. It's altered some of our plans in the short term, uh, but we still re- remain confident in our long-term numbers. And those goalposts you know, ha- have not changed for us. Uh, 2021 overall, I'd say, is going to be an investment for year for us. Uh, we're going to continue to build those capabilities across all three of our verticals. But again, from a long-term perspective, um, you know, our, our goals remain unchanged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and obviously, some, something that we talked about in the last episode, which is that a lot of companies right now are taking advantage of the sort of downtime, if you will, uh, to really start building and planning out, you know, thinking about the future and really executing on, on, on those plans. It sounds like you're sort of doing the doing and obviously doing the same. And this year also sort of okay. investment year, like you mentioned, and the fact that mm-hmm. the goalpost hasn't moved is really, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's reassuring for investors out there. Um, I do want to kind of, because NFT is all the rage, um, before we move on to the balance sheet question and the, and the, the sort of the financing question, the capital flow, a cash flow questions, I do want to touch on NFTs for a second. Um, sure. NFT, obviously all the rage. You recently signed mm-hmm. with Dolphin Entertainment. So I just want to give investors an opportunity to learn more about that and how you're thinking about that. Uh, in terms of you know how sh- how should investors size up this opportunity you know when when should that come online you mentioned towards the end of this year uh, just a little bit more color on that because it is such a rage and people are interested in this space yeah yeah no, absolutely Becco and we're really excited to be entering the the NFT space especially with a partner like Dolphin you know we see them as emerging thought leader within this space and you're really excited to uh, you know work with them on, on NFTs. Um, this is an area, you know, our fans, our consumers are really enthusiastic about. We felt like we really needed to look at it um, and, and enter the space to be make sure we're interacting with those consumers in terms of how they enjoy the sport, where and when they want to enjoy the content. Um, so it made a lot of sense for us uh, to really look at this space uh, in detail. So, you know, with the content we talked about, the access to brand partnerships that we have, uh, we're going to really look to bring a lot of stories to life in, in ways that we as a company only can. Uh, you know, we, we recently just announced those first three pieces we'll be working on. Uh, that's through our partnership with Elite Holdings and H2H, our Heisman to Hall of Fame. 
Uh, those first three are going to be Tim Brown, Earl Campbell, and Dope Walker. So really, really, you know, excited about that and, um, you know, doing right by um, those legends and their stories and, and their careers. Uh, in terms of sizing it, uh, still a little early at this point. You know, we're, we're not at the point of providing guidance for uh, what the NFTs are, are going to produce for us this year. Uh, but I do expect, you know, we'll be able to talk more about that uh, as we learn more about it here over the you know relatively short term. Uh, it, again, in terms of timing it, it's not a long you know cycle to, to get something you know out there on the market. Uh, so that's something we're, we're going to look to obviously um, push it and be able to bring to market here uh, over the relative uh, short term. So it shouldn't be uh, too, too long before we, we have those pieces out there on the marketplace and, and ready to sell. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, obviously the NFT, all the rage and it's, inter- it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the brand. It sort of ties nicely to what we talked about earlier on, which is your, your basically your, your sort of competitive advantage, which is the brand really riding right. on that. And leveraging that as much as possible, uh, even in the digital space, NFT space, um, that's, that's, that's great. Um, that's great that uh, you sort of explained that uh, for investors. Thank you. Now, um, let's move on to the balance sheet question. Um, yeah. So as I look at your balance sheet, as I look at the growth potential, and obviously with growth requires a lot of investments, and you have indeed took on quite a bit of investment uh, on the equity side and the debt side. Um, so I just wanted to point this out and have and ask this question um, for on behalf of other investors, which is mm-hmm. the principal payments that are coming due this year, not this year, next year and the year after, or I guess this year and next year, 2021 and 2022, yeah. bulk, you know, majority of the, the principal payment is due this year and next year, uh, 54 million mm-hmm. and 21 million next year. And so I just, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. How are you going to deliver on the applications and uh, what that capital mix is going to look like? Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah, I'd say from a balance sheet perspective, we've done a lot of work on the balance sheet. Uh, since day one that I've been at the company, it's been a focus area for me. Uh, we've been able to take our debt balance from what was about $165 million at the end of 2019 uh, down to about 99 million at the end of 2020, uh, and I say you know our work's never really done on that space. You know, I, I always talk about our balance sheet as being very dynamic. Um, yeah, even through the work that we did in 2020, some of that you know included conversion of you know, debt to equity and really working with um, you know debt holders to make sure we've got you know, the optimized uh, capital structure and you know the most conducive balance sheet to you know what we need to do looking into the future. Um, you know, what I'd also say is, you know, including our merger, we've raised over $100 million in new equity, which puts us in really, really good position now to focus on the construction loan for phase two assets. Uh, we, we still expect to have that completed here in the second quarter. Um, and I'd say once we, we get to completion on that construction loan, Becca, the balance sheet again is going to shift a lot. Things will look a, a, a lot different in terms of um, you know, what we're looking at from a debt perspective, uh, as well as an equity perspective. So uh, again, something that that's at the forefront of, of our minds is, you know, we, we manage uh, on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think, again, the key takeaway is uh, we had always targeted raising about $100 million in equity. We've now done that. So now we pivot very much to uh, making sure, you know, the debt structure is optimized and we have 
uh, the right financing in place to make sure we're progressing on our phase two assets. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So from the so I guess this this ties nicely to the next question I'm about to ask, which is related to the cash flow. Um, sure. And let me just go ahead and sort of um, give a little bit of detail. So for, for our audience, so obviously mm-hmm. as a startup, your cash flow primarily comes from you know financing because you're mm-hmm. starting out. You don't really have a lot of operations to really meet the demands, internal demands for 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 operations. So it's primarily financing. Having said that, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, hundred million dollars for equity, um, that sort of you know was a cash, big cash infusion. Um, but you know, from an equity holder investor standpoint, uh, you know it, it is a little scary. You know, it is a little bit scary and risky to invest in a company with a lot of share dilutions. That's sort of um, um, you know, as part of the growth trajectory. So, walk us through mm-hmm. what you think and how you think about share counts. Uh, from mm-hmm. from that standpoint, and um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the construction loans and the equity, so so kind of tie those two together and yeah. uh, and and walk us through the balance sheet and the cash flow. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So yeah, again, we've raised a significant amount of you know, capital through the merger, the subsequent equity offerings that we've done, and we feel like that puts us in a good position, both from working capital. And now really letting us focus on finalizing our construction loan for the phase two assets. Um, in addition to that, we've also talked a bit about you know, public financing as part of our you know, phase two capital stack, uh, which comes in again uh, more on the on the debt side. Um, and in terms of dilution, you know, I'd say again, our primary focus right now is on the construction loan, getting that finalized for phase two. Uh, we plan to utilize the vehicles we've talked about in terms of those private and public you know, financing sides on, on debt. Uh, I mean, you never say never in this world, but you know, I'd say you know, debt and filling out that side uh, of the capital stack is our primary focus at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Just to recap on that, so um, you know, fully diluted, uh, one hundred and ten million shares. Do I have that correct? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, fully diluted, hundred million, uh, one hundred and ten million shares. Uh, at least for the time being, um, stable, but never say never. I mean, it could change in the future depending on the market dynamics. And then really focusing mm-hmm. on the debt side of things, pivoting to construction loans and the debt side of things. Um, and taking care of obviously paying out the principles and, and maybe like punting that down the road. Uh, that's sort of TBD still. But really the, the point mm-hmm. here that I think you're, meant, you're, you're sort of driving home here is that really pivoting to the loans, the construction loan side of things uh, away from the equity. Yep, that's right. Yeah, your primary focus being on finalizing the construction loan, uh, which we're still targeting here in in second quarter, uh, as well as some of the you know public financing on uh, on the debt side as well. I see. Oh, this was great. Awesome. Yeah. So we so we walked through um, you know just to recap real quick. Uh, we talked about different strategies, the three different strategies, uh, verticals, and then. You know, three-phase approach of, of the company. We talked about competitive advantage, brand being sort of the key crux, uh, uh, you know, the, the weapon of choice for the company. And then <laughs> we talked about different, um, you know, financial statements, income statements, starting from the top line, um, you know, phase two really kicking in uh, this year, and, but also as an investment year um, uh, looking into the future. And then the balance sheet question about the principal payment due, and then the cash flow with the with the dilution and you know really pivoting and really focusing on the construction loan side of things. So I think that sort of summarizes our episode here. 
Is there anything that you wanted to mention um, to the audience, to investors, to your colleagues, your family and friends? <laughs> open up for yeah. open up open open the stage up for for you. Yeah, well, obviously, first and foremost, you know, to family and friends, thank you for all the you know continued support. Um, you know, we we really really appreciate it. Uh, you know, my teammates at the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Um, you know, there, there's no other team I'd rather be working with on this and uh, they, they bring their A game every day. So uh, we, we greatly appreciate that as well. Um, Becco, thank you again to, to you for having me on here. It, it's always great and a lot of fun to be able to tell uh, more folks about the story of the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. And, uh, you know, for, for further information, whether it be on um, the overall company, Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company, and we're, we're traded on the NASDAQ under HOFV. Um, or a destination in Ohio, in Canton, uh, which is a Hall of Fame village powered by Johnson Controls. Uh, you know, I, I point folks to our corporate website at hofreco.com. Uh, we talked a bit about the Hall of Fantasy League. Uh, the site or the website for uh, for that league is thehofl.com. Um, so, you know, hopefully uh, investors and, and folks check us out and uh, look for more information and uh, again, Becco, thank you so much for uh, for having me on. I really enjoyed it. No, it was, it was my pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Jason. And thanks for all that information. We'll definitely put that in the show notes as well so that people can, uh, can access it. All right. Perfect. Jason, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for, look, uh, for listening. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.